I'm Kelly. I'm Courtney. We're two girls in Ohio. It's not like a game show host. Hey, in Ohio. Um, today we have special guest, and also just to note, the first man ever on the podcast. <sighs> Our friend Jeff is here. Claps for Jeff. Claps. Hello. Are you excited? Do you ever feel like everything you've done in your entire <laughs> life has led to one specific moment? Is that how you feel right now? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad that this moment is that. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. that's it. Yeah, smart. That is. So that it doesn't get in the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, smart. Um, that's how I feel right now. That's good. I'm glad. Taylor said she felt that way, too. Like, she was, like, fangirling, and it was, like, so exciting. Yeah. That was the most time that I've spent with you and Taylor, and, well, besides Saturday, in years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. We used to hang out all the time, and I know. Then life started to happen. Well, then COVID happened. Well, COVID. ruined really, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah, Saturday was the big grab yeah, party. It was the shindig. That it was good. Couldn't have happened without Jeff. I know. He was a key player. Your parents were so yes. kind to let us go there. It was great. My dad said everyone was super nice, and he said... Right after you guys left, he could barely tell anyone had been there. Good. Oh, yes. That's like the best. That's great. I was going to say, that's the best compliment Courtney yes. could ever get. It is. <laughs> it is. The, one, the one funny thing was, like, right after you guys left, my stepmom called because she had gone over to my stepsisters. And my dad always talks on speakerphone. So it was on speakerphone. And she goes, we're going to come over tonight and hang out. Can you throw a bunch of shock in that pool? <laughs> so, I don't know what she thought was going on in there, but maybe there weren't... I mean, I'm not, I'm not offended by it. Yeah, I'm I like, know. Yeah, it checks out. We're maybe, dirty. Maybe there weren't as many folks going inside to use the restroom as they would have expected. I will say, I think you set the tone by um, being very calm. Yeah. Yeah. Me and um, Nikki were talking about it the next day, and I think if a few key players had been there that weren't there, or a few key players that were on their best behavior had not, it could have gone entirely different. Like, I think had Max been there, I think he could have revved a few people up, and I think Jack would have been way more Mm -hmm. involved. I think you would have drank more if Max was there. Mm -hmm. I think had Leah... Because you always had plans. You had plans after... Yeah, but Max would have looked at you and been like, Jeff, shut up. You're coming over here and playing. He wouldn't have, though. He wouldn't have. Lies. I don't know. I had an important dinner that night, yeah. so I was on my very... Very true. He was, yeah. Leah was on very good behavior. That can always go either way. I think had Bailey brought a plus one, that could have been a total wild card in yes. there. Yes. So that could have made things, but... Yeah. Yeah, I was very... That's why I looked at you at the end, because Courtney was like, we're not anywhere going to be ready to go anywhere. And I was like, don't you think we're all fine? We can go somewhere. We were. Uh-huh. Yeah, shockingly okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were drunk, but not like... Yeah, not yeah. like send no. us home and put us in bed drunk. No, I was proud. I was <laughs> determined. I was like, my children are gone. My yeah. husband is gone. Kelly is out to play. <laughs> there were definitely a few stumblers walking out, but... Uh, <laughs> But not out of control, just yeah. clearly and even. And we 
did play the low respectful music. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it got, got more unrespectful and yeah. a little bit louder, but I it was took so the fine. speaker away from the house, so it was more in the yard, pointing mm-hmm. at just us and your neighbors, so they could. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the neighbors like that a lot. Um. So yeah, we went to Burns and had dinner, and then me calling Leah and Nikki went downtown. And we were supposed to go to Bristol Republic, which is, Katie was there, Leah's sister, with her boyfriend. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't think they're boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't know what they are. Doesn't but matter. I'm not trying doesn't to get matter, anyone in doesn't trouble. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so she was there, but the line was, like, so long, and there was no line for fours. So we're like, let's go there. So we, like, walk in, and I pull out my wallet, and I, like, cannot find my ID. And I'm like, where the hell would my ID be? Like, why would I not have that? Yeah, that's weird. And, like, because we go do- nowhere and do nothing. Right. And I was like, so I started to panic, like, oh, my God, where yeah. is it? Colleen's already inside. Leah's already inside. Nikki's, like, trying to help me. She can't find her ID. No. no. <laughs> um, she's like, wow, I thought this would be me. Yeah. Um, for reference, our roommate, Nikki, was, all, like, lost her keys everywhere. All she, time. like, could never find her ID. She's, like, always, like, at least 15, 20 minutes late. Solid. Every time. <laughs> um, but we love her. Yes. Um, so... All of a sudden, it dawns on me, when we had gone to the Memorial Tournament the week before, you couldn't bring in, like, a certain size purse, and so I had to, like, take everything out of my purse and give it to Max. So I was like, Max is now in Nashville with my ID, and I have no ID. So I walk up to the guy, and I hand him my zoo pass, and I was like, sir, just hear me out. And he looks at me, and I go... Who under 21 owns a zoo pass? Like, unless you're, like, 14 and your mom bought it for you. I'm clearly not 14. And he's like, all right, solid point. And I go, also, here's why I don't have my ID. I was at the Memorial Tournament, and they wouldn't let me bring my big-ass person, so I had to give my my ID to my husband, and so he now has it. But he's in Nashville at a bachelor party. And Nikki looks at him and goes, would anyone really make up that story? That's like, true. That's a really long yeah. story. And he was like... And then I took take out my phone and I go, and there's my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Not that that really means anything, but, like, I'm probably over 21. And he was like, all right, I'll let you in, but other places probably won't. So, like, <laughs> should, he goes, you shouldn't leave here. And I was like, thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. There's probably a lot of underage summer nannies that have zoo passes. Hmm. Oh. I don't know. No. I would not have been as lenient as that guy. I honestly think people are not letting people nanny their children, like, under 21 these days. It's like college nannies. Hmm. Yeah. No, I have... We don't look young. Well, well I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but... Hey, yeah, you're definitely we Well, also, <laughs> everyone else I walked in with is, like, 30. So, it's oh. like, why would I be 20 years old with, like, yeah. three other 30-year-olds? Yeah. I mean, again, that can't happen, but, like, why? Yeah. yeah. So... We went in there. It was crazy because, like, no one has masks, and they were playing live music, and everyone was just singing and dancing like life was just so normal. Okay. It was amazing. I like it. It was great. Uh There was this one guy, he did, like, just cover music, so he was just, like, playing random songs, and I will say, all the men there looked, like, kind of older, and every girl looked, like, 15, and I was like, we are so old right now. Like, the guys maybe were our age, but I felt extremely old, but I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the girls were so young and the guys were so old? Because it was fours and not like Bristol Republic. So I bet like 
older creepy dudes are just there to hit on like underage girls that they clearly let in people with IDs. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly willy nilly with their IDing policy. Exactly. So. Damn. Still had a good time though. I'm glad. Yeah. We had to wake up the next morning and we drove to Sandusky to go out on the boat with my parents. So I was like, am I going to be a piece of shit or am I going to get my life together? So we went home. It was a good decision. It was. There was nothing. I didn't miss anything. I had conversated with all of you by that time. Yes. I was sufficiently plenty drunk. Yeah. (laughs) It was time to go home. Yeah. Where did you. It's a very responsible decision. Thank you. I'm growing up. Yeah. (laughs) Did you go out to dinner or you just went to Um, their house for dinner? Yeah. We went to Hudson 29. Ooh. It was delicious. What'd you get? What'd you get? I got the Hudson 29 cheeseburger. I knew you were going to say that. So good. It was my first time having it, and I was shocked at how good it was. You know that they grind up the meat there themselves and patty it? How do you know that? I don't ask. <laughs> well, I am a big cheese guy on my burgers, and okay. I almost got extra cheese. Sure. And my girlfriend was like, they got the ratio perfect. <laughs> And so I took a gamble and just got it straight up. And (laughs) I have to say the cheese to burger ratio was perfect. Did you go to the Lane Avenue one? No, New Albany. Okay. That's the one I've been to. It was a nice patio. We sat on the patio. It was really nice. I like that whole area right there in New Albany. It's my favorite. It was good. I, here's the thing is that I find myself really wanting to just go eat places because we didn't for so long. And I like love the experience of going out to eat. That's probably like one of my favorite things to do. But before COVID, we had one kid and like taking one kid out to eat was like pretty okay, especially because it was Marley and she's fine. But taking two kids out to eat is like, we have to go to like, not there. So I'm (laughs) telling, so... I'm going to I'm gonna uh, jump on that board with you and agree. If I'm going to dinner with you and your family, I would much rather you either come to my house or I go to your house for dinner because the stress level of eating in a restaurant with children yeah. is like all the way up here. No one finishes a conversation. No. It's just like a disaster. It's rushed. Someone's yelling at the waiter all the time. Like, yeah. we need this. We need that. And I'm like, oh my, my God. My kids literally make the biggest mess There's ever. I'm like, mess. Max, tip them $50. Yeah. Like. Oh my God. Were you there the one time Marley just threw up? <laughs> Where? Um, I don't even think it's there anymore. Brazen Head? Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. used to be over yeah. off it was just, I think it was just you and Colleen, maybe? I think it was just high school girls. Okay. It was yeah. like right before I feel like Liz moved to wherever okay. fuck Liz was moving yeah. to at that time. Yeah. Um, and Marley, she wasn't remember. sick. It was just, <laughs> I gave her so much food because, like, that's the only thing that kept her sitting there. Like, I was like, here's some goldfish. Here's some fries. Here's some wherever. And she's like projectile vomited, but it was under the table. Not on the table. It was under the table. My girl. She and knows. as soon as we were getting up to leave, this like family walked in and like it was before COVID, so it was kind of crowded. And they were like, oh, good, a table. And I was like, I have to tell you, my daughter just threw up all underneath there. Like, I, And they were like, oh, we got kids. We're fine. And I was oh, like, oh, God. Okay. What? Like, you do you. They were, like, so pumped up a table. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to take my daughter and leave now. Exorcist child. Yeah. So, I agree with you. I think once you have some children, just let's barbecue it up. One was, like, one was fine because, like, Max could deal with her. I'd deal with her. Honestly, she's, like, pretty good. But, no. I mean, like, roosters, maybe, you get in and out 45 minutes. Like, I will say, tips for you both when you have children, 
You walk in, you order the first time that waiter walks up to your table, you do not hesitate, and then you ask for the check the next time they come over. Because if you need to leave, you need to leave, and you got to be prepared. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not going out to eat for that. <laughs> but sometimes you just want to feel like a normal person again in society. I mean, I get it, and like, I'll go with you guys, but like, I'd rather just go to your house. Because the kids can do whatever they want. That's true. You know, like, we can eat at a normal pace, and, like, we can relax, and when they're done, like, they go away. They can eat things we'll actually eat. eat. That's why yeah. Max always wants to, like, order out food, and I'm fine with that, but the kids never eat it. So I'm like, don't buy them anything. Like, I won't make them hot dogs right. again. Like, that's all they fucking want. Like, right. we buy them a meal at Chipotle that's, like, expensive, and Marley's like... There's beans on this. I just wanted cheese. And I'm like, I don't, they, I don't know. They just put the beans on there. They never listen to me. I just wanted cheese. I will literally pay the same amount of money for just tortilla and cheese if you just fucking leave the beans off and my kid will eat it and then I don't feel like I wasted money. And they're like, but beans come on it. I'm like, God, I hate you. She was scarfing that quesadilla last week. Mm-hmm. Don't it they do... Oh, yeah. That one was from Chipotle, right? Yeah. Can't, so when you take the kids out to eat at a restaurant, don't they have, like, crayons and stuff that distracts them during dinner? Mm, you would think. <laughs> like, Marley could draw with crayons and Danny could eat the crayons? So, Danny is really into eating crayons right now. I'll give him that. Marley will call her for, like, two seconds and then she's, like, totally done with it. I feel like she's at the age where she's in between where, like, I do think in, like, two years, like, a five- to six-year-old, they'd probably, like, love sitting there and, like, actually coloring for some time. Um, Danny's still pretty food-motivated. Like, I can throw a lot of food in front of him. He also just loves to watch people, too. Um, Marley's the main problem right now <laughs> in my whole life. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> when they stayed at my parents on Saturday and we picked him up the next day, my mom was like, Marley did great. Like, the shock on her face. She was like, Marley did great. She was like, Danny was a dream. Like, just like knew Danny was just going to be the best ever. And Marley, like, was shockingly great. I was like, well, good. I'm glad. Now they're invited back. <laughs> they're invited back. They can stay with their grandparents again. <laughs> it went well. Thank God. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, let's do... So that's kind of current eventy, right? Those, like, things happening in our lives that we just talked about. So, what we're loving... Anyone have anything new? Jeff, what are you, like, what watching, are listening? you loving? Yeah. Boy, really put me on the spot there. Uh, Why do you think there's do so much to yeah. air? Yeah, you, you had critiques on that. <laughs> so, we're, like, about to record today, and Jeff goes... Wait, what? You're like, just like, start? Like, you don't be like, here's what we're going to do? And Courtney's like, no. We just press record. Not play. No, press record. record. That would take the fun out of it. Uh If we had to plan it, get an outline. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a job. We got stuff to do. This is just. We work during the day. Courtney talking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What TV show are you currently watching? Anything? Yeah, well, I can say that I loved Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown? What's yeah. that on? You haven't heard of it? No. I don't uh, think so. Oh, you haven't either? Oh my god, so. tell us. Well, it like took the country by storm. Well, tell are us. Are you being real right now or are you no. being Jeff right now? <laughs> no, it got like, it currently, oh, as of <laughs> two weeks ago or whatever, had the record for largest audience watched on HBO Max. For oh, the finale. so it's HBO. Okay, okay. okay. Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. Who's in it? Kate Winslet. Okay. I feel like I might have seen commercials, but not really known what it is. What's yeah. it about? She's an incredible oh. actress. And uh, it's, 
it's like a kind of murder mystery whodunit. Oh, you just got me into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it it hits all the like high notes for popular uh, crime TV or like fiction crime TV right now. Okay. Uh, it was a one season series on HBO, eight episodes, so mm-hmm. not a huge investment. And you can binge it now because the finale came out a few weeks ago. Um, it started out a little to me like tropey. Like it was um, like small town, drunk dad, kind of seemed abusive. Like everyone's poor, everyone's life sucks. Like kind of like every murder mystery kind of seems mm-hmm. that way. But as it got going, it really pulled you in and had a lot of good red herring and misdirection Ooh, and trying red to figure herring. out who did it. What's that mean? You've never heard of red herring? The bird, but not... (laughs) So, the reason I know about it is because in um, Scooby-Doo, for... Do you know what I'm about to say? No. What did I just say out of my mouth? So, do you know how there's, like, Scooby-Doo, but then there's, like, Scooby-Doo Jr.? Did you ever see Scooby-Doo Jr.? No. When they were all young? What? I think so. Oh, my God, guys. What did you do when you were little? Not watch TV? So, there was a character in Scooby-Doo called... His name was Red Herring. Oh. And every time they tried to solve a mystery, they always blame it on this kid named Red Herring. And he was like, why do you always say it's me? So, like, as I kind of got older, I was like, what does that even mean? And I looked it up. But basically, it's just like, they make you think it's someone else, and then it's not them. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's like, all the evidence is leading. There's a great reason to have a theory that this is the what's going on, but then it comes out that that's not even it. I listen to so much murder mystery. Like misdirection. How have I never heard that word before? It's a pretty common word. Yeah. I bet if you go back, you'd like hear it again, and now you know what it is. I just over it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hey, well, you learn something new every day. I learned something. <laughs> yeah. It's not like in books or movies the term red herring comes what's up. What's it come from? Ooh, we should look that up. Listen, there's so many of us that I can actually Google something because while you guys we can talk keep about talking. other stuff, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so great series, highly recommended. Kate Winslet is probably the greatest, or at least one of the greatest uh, actresses of our generation, in my opinion. Do you think it'll be like a second season type no. thing, or you think it's just a done thing? It's over. Yeah. That's the thing about HBO that I just like very much enjoy. It's yeah. like they'll just do a series, and it like doesn't have to be. Because sometimes when series drag on, it's because it is popular, but then they're just writing shit to write shit. And I'm like, can you just not? Like, can you just actually be done? Like, it was supposed to be done. Yeah. The great thing about Mare of Easttown was the story and the mystery certainly, like, drove the plot throughout the season. But, like, I would say, having seen the whole series... It's almost more so about the characters and their backstories and, like, their uh, psyches and what's going on with them at the end of the day than, like, the murder they were trying to solve. Yeah. Which was cool. So is anyone else in it notable other than her? Um, I'm trying, I can't, I don't know the guy's name, but. What's he been in? I have no clue. Oh. Look it up. I'm going to tell you Red Herring. Okay, This go. is weird. Uh, it's an English term that comes from the story of having used a strong-smelling smoked fish to divert or distract the hounds from chasing a rabbit. So, like, they smoke, they used to smoke a fish, and it turned red. 
Yeah. And they then started calling it red herring, using a red herring. Why would they want to distract the dogs? This is like from 1807. They were like hunting with them and they, I have no idea. I don't know that. So the dogs didn't kill the rabbit, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. If no cats were available, I don't really understand. I don't really know where (laughs) this is. All the cats were busy. In in British fox hunting circles. Hmm. Smoke and salted herring turned bright red in the curing process and emitted a pungent, fishy smell. And the the author suggested using red herring. I don't know. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, the more you know. The more you know. (laughs) It's like a special in here. Um, my brother just texted me today and told me that... Um, have, did you ever watch The Mole when that was a thing? I think maybe with no. your brother. Did, Probably. Is that one of the things we watched? I don't know. Connor's always been obsessed with it, but yeah. The Mole, it's like a reality oh, the TV mole. I show. I said The Mole. No, The Mole. M-O-L-E, Mole. Yeah, I remember that show. So they're about to put every season on Netflix, and Connor's, like, super geeked about it, but... I'd watch that. So here's, like, one of those things that you tell people that then I feel like they understand you better as a human. <laughs> um, when we were little, <laughs> we did, like, multiple times where we recorded our own mole, and we would, like... In our neighborhood friend group, or, like, my friend group growing up, like, me, Colleen, Kate, and Leah did it, I think, once with Connor. Which, like, Connor was a solid two years older than us, so we're probably, like, sixth grade, he's, like, eighth grade, or, like, we're eighth grade, he's in high school. Like, it was, like, too old to be doing it, but we, like, picked out of a jar who was the mole, and then we'd have, like, tasks or games, and, like, you had to figure out, we would do confessionals. Like, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. (laughs) So Oddly, the, that stuff doesn't even surprise me anymore. I'm like, yeah, I figured that would happen. <laughs> um, that's not the weirdest thing we did when we actually had, it was like before podcasts for podcasts, but it was like a radio, but it was never posted anywhere. But we called it The Amazings, and it was just like a recorded video thing. And it was me, my brother, my sister, and our best friend Meredith. And we were The Amazings, and it was like, a funny superhero thing and we made 50 episodes and Connor in LA once they did a thing at some like bar it was like enter your childhood artwork and um like just to be funny they picked a winner and like everyone most people did like a painting or a drawing or whatever Connor entered an episode of the amazings and he won (laughs) because I mean it was like fucking ridiculous like we literally had like sounds like we would edit it and put like pew pew like for like (laughs) You edited that more than we edit this podcast. A hundred and million percent. You've got to share an episode with your listeners. So I really want to. I like want the episodes. Connor has them. He like won't give them to me. Mm. Well, if we go out there, we'll so go. I think we should all do a hashtag Connor handover. I don't know. So make a good hashtag. Release the tapes. Yes, Connor, release the tapes. Yeah, it means we nothing it. weird. Just your childhood it was, stuff. It was really good. <laughs> It was really good. Wait, Jeff, tell us about your doggy. Tell yeah. the listeners about your The doggy's dog. here. Yeah, Francie's We're at here. Jeff's house. Uh, Francie is a German short-haired pointer. She's liver brown with white ticking. She's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're like in a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the big dog show called? The Westminster Dog Show. Yeah. It was Sunday night. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And a German short-haired pointer won the sporting dog category, mm. but not best in show. But the uh, German shorter pointer that won the sporting dog competition was the daughter of um, the German shorter pointer that did win Best in Show back in 2016. 
I love that you know that. Yeah, I like Could that. Francie ever be in that? No. Oh, why not? She's not well-trained enough, oh. and she's probably wouldn't live up to um, the breed standards. What does that mean? Like, her nose is too long? Well, so, I... Actually, I'm not an expert in this, so I, I don't... You sound like you are. <laughs> I like that's, it. <laughs> that's what I'm best at, is sounding like an expert at things I'm not an expert at. Mm-hmm. Oh, join the club. <laughs> um, but I believe Westminster is to American breed standards, and... Francie came from a breeder that um, breeds German short-haired pointers to the German standard, which is slightly different than American oh. standard. They have longer tails and some other things I'm, I don't know. About. Okay. Cute. I love when they just, like, put new breeds in there. Like, all of a sudden, it's like a golden doodle is now in the Westminster. Because, like, that's, like, a new yeah. breed of dog. Like, I always thought yeah. that was cool. Do they do that? Yeah. There have been new breeds over the year. Here's how I know. Because my dog growing up, Goldie... She was a golden retriever mixed with a border collie. Probably other things because we got her from the pound. But, like, it was before they did that DNA test for dogs. I wish, I wish Mm. I could have done that with her. My dad always said if we could breed Goldie, we'd be millionaires because she was basically, like, a miniature golden retriever, which is what everyone wants. Everyone. Mm -hmm. But, um... So every time they'd have a new breed in the thing, I would always, like, look at my dad. And I'd be like, Dad, see? We can do it. Because I was, like, 10, and I didn't get it. My dad's like, Kelly, we can never breed Goldie. We don't know what she is. And I was like, but we can find a dog that looks like her. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, also, Goldie's, like, the worst-behaved dog that's ever lived. Like, we don't want to breed that personality of a dog. And I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) But she's cute. She was so cute. And she lived to be 17. Wow. I mean, come on. That's old. I mean, we assume. We had her for 16 years, and when we got her, she'd already had a litter of puppies, so they were assuming she was at least a year old. Yeah. 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 Yeah, your dog was super cute on Saturday, just yeah, around in the pool. Yeah, she was tired Saturday night. Yeah. She loves to swim, and she loves to play fetch, and luckily, all your friends were willing to oh, continuously throw people. the ball. Yeah, everyone's a dog person, so you, you were in good hands there. Yeah, she was tired, yes. which is good. That doesn't happen very often. That's what you said. I was like, is she done yet? Because I know my dog would be like, we're done here. Yeah. I don't fuck around with not dog people. So there's that. Sorry Except about my white cloth. <laughs> <laughs> my aggressive white cloth. Do you recycle? Uh, you just set it on the counter. Okay. You peasant. In a... um, Bailey owns cats, but, a, you know, she's an all pet person. She doesn't discriminate. No. But she is weirdly obsessed with cats. Yeah, my eyes discriminate. I can't be in their house very long. Yeah, you have bad allergies. Yeah, it was a disaster immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, wait, should we do it? Yeah, let's get into let's it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Jeff gets to do Celebrity Spotlight. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. Is it time? It is, I think it is. Cool. I love that everyone who's ever came to be on our podcast has, like, more notes than me and Courtney have ever had in the entire world. Did you practice like Taylor did with other people? No, I didn't practice, and I don't, I'm not very prepared, so Hmm. I feel like I I try to be as authentic to what you guys do on a weekly basis as possible by under-preparing. Very here for it. Um, But I... Those are typed, so that's prepared. (laughs) A printer was involved. (laughs) Lies. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm going to do a guy named Clive Davis. Okay. Who is very well known. Uh-huh. 
By who? Do you guys know who Clive Davis no. is? No. I mean, maybe I do. I just don't know it's him. So he is a um, probably the most legendary um, music and record label executive. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I figured he'd do something yeah, yeah, yeah. musical. He, yeah, he's been around for a long time. He was born in 1932, so he's um, like almost 90 years old. He's still alive? He is still alive. Holy hell. Um, actually, the reason I decided to do him was I... He was on a podcast that I listened to a couple months ago, and there's a documentary that I think you can watch on Netflix about him um, called The Soundtrack of Our Lives that is really good. And so I pretty much stole all the information I'm going to be sharing from those two sources. Perfect. Perfect. Exactly what we do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Clive Davis was born in 1932 to a Jewish family in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. His father was an electrician and a salesman. Um, and by the way, I'm mostly going to be going into his professional life because I didn't have a ton of information about him personally. And yeah. The, the professional stuff is the story here. Okay, cool. Um, so his mom and dad both died when he was a teenager. Oh. She was 47 and his dad died a year later. So he was orphaned as a teenager. He moved in with his sister in Queens um, and ended up using the small amount of money he had to go to NYU in New York City. Um, graduated magna cum laude in, with a degree in political science and made his way to Harvard Law School uh, on a full scholarship. So after he graduated from Harvard, he started at a small law firm and then moved to a bigger law firm in New York City where one of the partners had CBS as a client. Oh, wow. Okay. And he started working with that partner, and um, eventually a former colleague from the firm uh, was working at Columbia Records, which was a CBS subsidiary, and he moved over there as an assistant counsel for Columbia Records, and then uh, became general counsel at the age of 29. Wow. Hmm. Uh, younger than all of us sitting right here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, So Columbia Records reorganized a few times. Um, Clive Davis made his way up to the administrative vice president and general manager of Columbia Records when he was 33. Then they did another reorganization and turned it into CBS Records, where by that time in his mid-30s, Davis was the head of that subsidiary, that organization. Sorry, really quick. Um, But Columbia Records is still a thing. Isn't it? Um, I am not 100% sure. All these record labels have merged and been bought and sold, and so now there's okay. like two conglomerates that own all of them. There is, Which is insane. Uh, Sony has like a huge... And that's who Clive Davis works for now is Sony. Okay. And they own a lot of them. And then BMG, um, and they may have even been acquired or merged. I'm not sure. But there's like two... It's just like everything else in media... There's like two conglomerates that own all the record labels. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Um, so Columbia probably still exists, may still exist as a brand. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, uh, CBS up to that point was, this was, this is like mid to late 60s now. And they did a lot of big band, jazz, blues, show tunes, that kind of music, but had very few, if any, rock and roll stars. Okay. Um, Clive Davis went to the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967 and basically... Who's he going to find? 
saw all of these rock and roll, just saw rock and roll and was like, this is the future. Oh, cool. Okay. So at the Monterey Pop Festival, he signed Janis Joplin. Mm. Um, and he basically decided CBS Records is going to start mm-hmm. writing or signing all these rock and roll artists and, um, and follow them to the future of music. Yeah. So... Um, at Columbia, while he was the head, he discovered and signed Janis Joplin, Santana, Ooh. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that's Sh- why you love him. Jeff is the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan I've ever <laughs> met in my entire life. This is true. There are some really cool audio tapes of Springsteen's audition for Clive Davis in his office that is just awesome to listen to. Um, Chicago. Ooh, Billy wait, Joel. Sorry, really quick. <laughs> this is what happens. I was listening to um, WMCI this morning, yeah. and they were playing Chicago, and I know Chicago because my mom loves them. Yeah. And they must have done some interview with Justin Fields from OSU, and he apparently said he had no idea who it was. So they, like, put Chicago on the, like, morning radio and, like, played a whole song, which, like, you would know they'd never play, like, old music. They usually just play now. But it was really funny. So, And then when it ended, they were like, okay, Justin Fields, now you know who Chicago is. And like all this stuff. And it's like, oh, I guess I didn't realize I'm that old that I would know who that is. But I only know because my mom knows. Okay, keep going. So, um, yeah, Santana Springsteen, Chicago, Billy Joel, mm. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Aerosmith, Aerosmith. Uh, Pink Floyd for their, um, for the rights to their music outside of Europe. So he took them from the UK and Europe to the US and the rest of the world Uh, Earth, Wind and Fire yes Um, and in like three years he doubled the CBS Columbia market share wow and took them to the number one record label in the world so he basically just had like a really good ear for like good talent for sure so he like signed people was kind of his like Role. For sure. Starting out, he was definitely, he was, I mean, all of these folks auditioned for him and he signed them. Um, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Sly and the Family Stone, Bob Dylan, Barbara Streisand, and Andy Williams were already CBS or okay. Columbia folks, but he was influential in, once he was on board in a lot of their albums and songs. He, not only did he sign them, but he was involved in, like, the production. And he would hear a song and say, uh, Barbara Streisand, record this. It's a number one hit. And she wow. would, and it was. Like, hmm. he found all these uh, just incredible songs for people. And then as his career, as he got bigger and bigger, he was just the head of these companies. But basically, it's kind of like all his employees would bring these artists to him and say, pick them, them, and them. And... They ended up yeah. in, like, huge so stars. he may not have gone out and found them at dive bars and actually discovered them, but he was the reason that they got the record deals and yeah. became the stars. Wow. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so big names. Um, in 73, he got fired from CBS. It was alleged that he uh, oh, used company money for his son's bar mitzvah. <laughs> and he vehemently denied that. And uh, still does. Uh, he claims it was like vengeance from a different guy at the company who was forging checks and stealing money. Well, I was going to say, to me that sounds like either a cover-up, like he did something else that they don't want to like say because they don't want to like slander him too much. 
or it's like revenge from something he did that they couldn't really fire him for because like that's a weird thing to fire someone it is. for. And yeah. that was much less worse than what I thought you were going to say. I know. You got a smirk <laughs> on your face and I was like, God damn it, who did he sexually harass? Like no. Jesus Christ. No. Just a bourbon some money. Yeah, so <laughs> for he, a cake or two. <laughs> he got ousted from CBS, but then a year later in seventy four he founded Arista Records. And um, that was through um, financing from Columbia Pictures, which was like another wing of CBS. Okay. Um, but basically, they funded it, and he founded this new record label. And at Arista, he launched the careers of Barry Manila. Wow. He found the song Mandy and basically twisted Barry Manilow's arm into recording it because Barry Manilow did not want to and it became his biggest hit. Do you ever feel bad for songwriters? Like, he found the song. So, like, who wrote that song? You know what I mean? Like, do you ever, like, I mean, you, you, I mean, you, like, the general you of the world. But, like, sometimes I feel bad when I'm, like, the person who wrote Mandy probably had a great voice, but, like, they were like, nope, Barry Manilow gets it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the topic to really weigh in. But To I, be quite honest, all I know is watching the show Nashville. Oh, yeah. That show um, did talk, And yeah. that, like, yeah. talks a lot about how in Nashville you, like, basically are a songwriter and you write for the current stars and then eventually you might be able to, like, sing it. But, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's also a bunch of people who just like to write music but don't want to be... Famous, like famous. That. Yeah, I don't understand those people. Sure, but um, I'm sure that's a group of people. But yeah, well, a, a real sad fact in music history is back in I don't know how late this continued on, but 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, a lot of really popular, famous, uh, legendary black artists wrote a lot of great songs and the white producers would essentially tweak a couple words and then put their name on the songwriting credits and essentially stole or kind of um, manipulated them into signing over the rights or the ownership or the writing credits to them and stole a lot of money from from well-known and historic black artists. That's which is. Definitely a scar on the industry. Yeah, 100%. Did you ever take, in college, I got to take, your dog's obsessed with me, uh, in college we got to take the history of rock and roll. And that was a really cool class that hit on that a ton. Mm -hmm. My brother took that class. Yeah. And my dad thought it was so cool, because my dad's obsessed with OU, he then took it online. (laughs) Like, my dad just was like, I want to take that class, like, after hearing yeah. Connor take it. So yeah. he literally just paid to take it online. I gave my dad the textbook when mm-hmm. I was done with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, also, just one, I'll digress on one thing, but <laughs> yeah. on the songwriting topic, I thought uh, Taylor did a great job on Bob Marley, but she left out one of my favorite facts about Bob Marley. Ooh, what? Give it to us. is um, the song No Woman, No Cry, which is... Probably his one of his most famous or legendary songs. Yeah, um, has a writing credit for Bob Marley and I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, um, but it's Bob Marley and this other guy. And this other guy is basically owns a soup kitchen in Trenchtown mm-hmm. for poor people to go get food so they don't go hungry. And most people 
believe that I mean the guy's not a musician he's not a songwriter so it's pretty agreed upon that Bob Marley put him on as a songwriting credit so that um, revenue and income from that song in perpetuity would go to him and would keep the soup kitchen going Vincent Ford Vincent Ford oh that's cool so like he really had nothing to do with the song, but it's just like a cool thing. Like oh, the guy who owns that soup kitchen made that song, and then people. So he got gets royalties, yeah. and they go to keep the soup kitchen alive. Wow, dude, singers should do that way more often. Yeah. Apparently, there's a controversy that happened over it oh. because if I'm because like of what you just said, I'm assuming people figured that out in the Marley. Um, a state sued like resulting in legal battles with the Marley estate they got control of the song oh, oh so like his ancestors just got greedy and well were like, yeah were but it, it was always Bob Marley and the Whalers and so there was more people involved than just Bob Marley so I'm right. wondering if those other people were like hey by the way he didn't even write that song yeah hmm. people always get greedy that's what it's about yeah, that's that interesting is. though yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways. So yeah, Barry Manilow and Mandy. So yeah, mm-hmm. so he found the song Mandy for Barry Manilow. Um, at Arista, he also launched the careers of Patti Smith, Ace yes. of Bass. Ace of Bass! Oh my god, I love Ace of Bass. Air Supply. Kenny G. Mm. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. Monica. Monica. Um, he did not lo- he did not find these people, but he also brought um, these people to Arista. Aretha Franklin, The Grateful Dead, The Kinks, Lou Reed, Dionne Warwick, Hall and Oates, and Carly Simon. Oh my god, I mm-hmm. love Hall and Oates. Um, so a couple cool stories about some of these people. Um, he is a credited as a songwriter on Air Supply, I'm All Out of Love. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Um the original, so they're an Australian band, and the original lyrics that they had written were, I'm all out of love, I want to arrest you. Hmm. Because in evidently in Australia, arrest had some alt, alter meaning, or a different meaning than it does in America. And he was like, great melody, great hook, uh, gotta change those lyrics. So he came up with, I'm all out of love, um, I'm so lost without you. And yeah. they put that in, and the rest is history. It was a huge song, and he's so yeah, he gets credit, he gets yeah. partial credit. Um, if I ignore Francie, does she go away? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna ignore you, but you're so cute. Uh, Kenny G. He wanted Kenny G. to do a Christmas album, and Kenny G. was like, "Dude, I'm Jewish. I can't do a Christmas album." And he was like, I'm Jewish and I'm telling you to do a Christmas album. Irving Berlin was Jewish and he wrote White Christmas. Yeah. Do it. And Kenny G did it and it became the number one Christmas album of all time. Yeah. And uh, he also really wanted Kenny G to have, at least on a couple songs, someone come and sing on the album. And Kenny G was like, no, I'm an instrumentalist. I play saxophone. Uh, Or no, he plays like... He has saxophone. Yeah, saxophone. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's because like, don't you remember um, Last Friday Night by Katy Perry in the music video when there's a saxophone solo, Kenny G in the music video pretends like he's playing the saxophone. Okay. That's my big Kenny G sure. memory. I mean, my mom loved Kenny G and she talked he about the hair. Huge, yeah, huge artist. So he yeah. had the 
biggest Christmas album of all time, and Clive Davis really wants him to put vocals on it. He doesn't. It's still a huge album. And so after the fact, Kenny G went back to him. He's like, okay, Clive, admit you were wrong. We did not put singers on this, and it was the biggest album of all time. And he goes, no, I was not wrong. If you had vocalists on there, it would have been even bigger. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, but by this time, his ego has to be huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was, more, it was more of a joke than anything. Yeah, yeah, but still, like, yeah, he, I mean. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, um, Dion Warwick came over to Arista, and Dion Warwick's cousin was an unknown woman that uh, Clive found named Whitney Houston. No! And it was actually... Wait, really? Yes. <laughs> no! uh Why don't people know that shit? She was singing at, like, some, like, dive bar or little club, and one of uh, Clive's, like, talent people uh, heard her and was like, Clive, you gotta come listen to her. So he goes and listens to her and is like, she's gonna be the biggest star in the world, signs her on the spot. Oh my God. Really like takes her under his wing and develops her, helps her with her first album. And um, he says that she was, I don't know if favorites are the right word, he was, he was closest to her than any artist he's ever worked with. And huh. uh, they had a really tight relationship and um, he has a lot to of interesting things to say about like her struggles with drug addiction yeah and, I'm sure um, she's someone I always I want to do on this show yeah. but I feel like it'd be just a lot she's a lot. I mean yeah she's legendary so he 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 took her from a nobody to the biggest singer in the world Dionne Warwick was on Mass Singer was she recently yeah nice um also around the time uh well I I don't know if this was at Arista or before, but um, he Clive has been asked many times who his biggest regret on passing on was, or who the biggest star he ever passed Ooh, on was. Ooh, that's a good one. And he's always said it was John Mellencamp. Ah. Uh, he passed on him. So the podcast that I listened to was an interview with Clive Davis, and he told this story where um, he was at this big dinner the night before a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction and his table he was sitting with uh, Bruce Springsteen John Mellencamp Jackson Brown and Don Henley can you imagine no (laughs) wait even crazier they're sitting in Cleveland yes yeah yeah and so they're all sitting around the table and they start talking about like who had auditioned for Clive at the table Mm -hmm. and Bruce Springsteen auditioned for him and got it and Don Henley was a friend um of um, was a friend of Clive's through another artist and never had to audition. Um, Jackson Brown was supposed to audition for Clive Davis, but um, David Geffen basically... I've heard that name. Yeah, he's yeah. another big record label guy. And he basically, re- he really wanted Jackson Brown, so he signed him right before Jackson Brown's audition. And so um, Clive Davis never saw him. And... John Mellencamp was at the table and he's like, I auditioned for you and you passed on me. And Clive said, I've always told people you were one of the biggest rock names, Americana, um, in the country, and you've always been my biggest regret. But I passed on you because I thought you were too close to Bruce Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen yeah. had already been there, done that. He uh, are, this was I mean, probably I see that. early 80s, I yeah. think. 
and yeah. he was one of the biggest stars with Born in the USA, and he was like, you're just too close, I can't do it. And so John Mellencamp was like, well, I have to tell you the story. I was playing with a cover band, uh, I think in Las Vegas, and they were just playing covers every night, and this guy comes in who was David Bowie's manager. Okay. And came up to him and said, hey, I will be your manager, but you have to write your own music. Like, you have to show me that you can write some songs. So he takes like six to eight weeks, steps away from uh, playing gigs, and starts writing music. And David Bowie's manager comes back to him and says, all right, let's work together. Um, So David Bowie's manager gets him an audition with Clive Davis and at that time, John Mellencamp is at this table and is telling Clive Davis that his biggest hero is Bruce Springsteen. He had never written music before. He had only spent a month and a half writing songs. And when Clive Davis passed on him for being too close to Bruce Springsteen, he was like, yeah, there's no way I'm ready. I'd probably sound exactly like Bruce Springsteen. So, like, John... Mellencamp wouldn't have even been John Mellencamp if he wouldn't have said if you're Clive too Davis much like Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. He would have never taken the time to develop himself into the songwriter that the he became. The little ditty that was Jack and Diane. Exactly. His words were, I would have never written Jack and Diane if you had signed me. So you did me the biggest favor by passing on me. Wow. So his biggest regret is the artist's like biggest blessing. That's cool. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my God. This um, shit's cool. Yeah. So he founded Arista Nashville in 1988 and um, signed Jackson Dunn, um, launched Brooks and Dunn and Brad Paisley. Mm. Um, in 1989, L.A. Reid and Babyface took an investment from Clive Davis to find LaFace Records. Um, they, with Clive Davis's input, launched the careers of TLC, Tony Braxton, wow. Usher, Outkast, Pink. Um, in the early 90s, like around 1994, um, Clive Davis was pretty much a rock and roll guy, but had seen hip-hop and rap becoming a thing. And um, Sean Puffy Combs came to him and oh God. asked for basically an investment. Yeah. And so Clive Davis partnered with him to um, create Bad Boy Records. Wow, really? And so according, or the story is that um, P. Diddy took brought three songs by Notorious B.I.G. to Clive Davis and was wow. like, hey, we think we need to sign this guy. And Clive Davis listened to them and was like, I don't know rap, I don't get rap, but this guy sounds like the real deal. So he gave them to go ahead and signed him. Um, and so Notorious B.I.G. became a huge star. Hmm. Um, Faith Evans, 112, uh, all came out of Bad Boy Records. Um, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the year 2000 as a non-performer. Um, he created cool. mm-hmm. uh, J Records in 2000, which is now part of Sony, who he's an executive for. Um, J Records' uh, biggest claim to fame right after they were founded was Alicia Keys. Uh, okay. He discovered her and put out her first album. Um And uh, since then, he's been pretty much involved with Sony and is just some higher higher up guy now. He's almost 90 and is basically renowned as creating, I mean, all those names that we go through is yeah. just like a laundry list and um, is probably a big reason that music 
in popular music developed the way it did. Right, because he basically said, this is good, this is good, I want this, which led music to where it went, which is like yeah. so insane to think about. Like just the history of music in general. And the amount of times he was right is just crazy. Okay, so I was going to say this while you were saying all those people, right? It's like, sometimes don't you watch, like, American Idol or, like, whatever, and, like, everyone kind of sounds the same. Mm -hmm. So don't, do you kind of feel like the people he quote-unquote passed on or whatever, like, let's say instead of Bruce Springsteen, it'd been some other guy that was, like, similar sounding, like, don't you think that guy could have been with the money and the resources and the help just as big as Bruce Springsteen was? Or you think, like... That is a talent of, like, knowing other talent. Uh, I think it depends on the artist. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's a bad example because he writes his songs and he's just an insanely good songwriter. So that is different than just developing a singer to perform someone else's songs. Right. Um, so he would not... That, that wouldn't be a good example. But then, I mean... So, like, Barry Manilow. Right. So maybe, but I, you know, singers become popular for a reason, and I don't think you can easily yeah, say. Yeah, like, do you think it's because people are like, here's who should be popular? But then I guess there's like one hit wonders and people like that. So it's like those are the people that, yeah, I guess you probably like take on, and then you're like, ah, I shouldn't have taken that person on. So I guess there's that. Yeah, I mean, to it. so there, there's probably examples in his repertoire of artists that probably. Just got good songs, and but then he also discovers singers like Whitney Houston, who I I don't think you can argue is like you you can't just develop no, like, someone into being yeah her. like there was no other person that would have had a voice like her yes yeah. I agree to like that yeah so there's probably examples of both but I think in a lot of ways he discovered the right people and put them with the right songs and the right creative partners to become what they were. How much money do you think he has? Because, like, at the end when you were like, he helped blah, 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 start this record label. And I was like, well, yeah, at that point, if you have that much money, I would just be, like, throwing money into, like, other people that I'm like, it's like investing your money. You know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, P. Diddy could probably have a record label and do great. Like, For I'll sure. invest money in him, that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think he's very wealthy. Do you want me to Google his net worth? I mean, I'd love to know. Would you not love to know? I'm curious. I'm not a millionaire yet from Vax a Million, so. Yeah, what the Fuck hell? you, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous, first of all. So, the first result on Google says net worth of $850 million. Okay. So, definitely do it. Not that. a billion, but. Well, so it's interesting. Max and I were watching Shark Tank the other day. Do either of you watch that? Yeah. Max is, like, obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And Mark Cuban is the richest guy there. He's a billionaire. The rest of them are millionaires. Mm -hmm. And Max is like, I feel like people throw out the word billion and million and everyone thinks it's the same. And he was like, I recently heard something that's like, if a millionaire, no, if a billionaire paid a millionaire, like, some amount of money every day to be a billionaire. And it wasn't like not a lot of money. It was like $100,000, like every day. It would still take like 40 some years for a millionaire to become a billionaire, even if you make $100,000 a day. So, like, that's the difference in like money when it's like millions or billions. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would ever need billions of dollars, but. Or millions, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know. I could think of things to do with millions of dollars. Um, like a million. Like no, not, people don't need a pool, right? Well, duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeff, that was great. Yeah, thank you. That was Round really of applause. Yeah, that was great. That very was very well researched. Why yeah. did you say that that wasn't? He's getting nervous. Uh, I just didn't feel like I like did a lot of research. It's but. better to like under. What's the word? It kind of felt Over like... Over-deliver and under-promise? Well, it felt like my notes were ultimately just a huge list of... Names. Names of people. But then, I guess I did... There were stories behind them that I didn't think about. Yeah. It was good. Interesting. Um, I highly recommend checking out the soundtrack of our lives on Netflix, because it's a... Uh, there's more, like, just... He's interviewed in it, and there's oh, okay. lots of cool anecdotes just from a lot of these artists, and... I kind of like the name Clive. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to veto that name? <laughs> I'm done with that one. No. I just think of an old white man. I mean, well, my son one Clyde day Davis. will be an old white man. So you Who know. knows if you have any more sons? Very true. I'm not naming a daughter, Clive. That's 100%. I don't know. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney's like, I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> if she'd have as much money as an old white man, yeah. that'd be cool for an old white woman. Yeah. Um, that was very good. That was. I'm okay. So why didn't you do Bruce Springsteen? Because that's who I thought you were gonna do. Um, honestly, just because I had listened and learned about Clive recently, and just to me, going through the list of artists that he brought from unknowns to the biggest stars in the world was insane. Yeah. And I just thought it would be the most interesting. Yeah, and Bruce was still involved, so. True. Sure. Bruce was still mentioned. Jeff was one of the people at my wedding that when I made my wedding playlist, I was like, this song has to play for Jeff. Because <laughs> Jeff's a big music person. Yeah. I mean, I could have done Bruce, but honestly, like, he's amazing and he's probably the greatest or one of the greatest songwriters, but I don't think he, like, to go through his biography, it's not There's not a ton of crazy interestingness yeah, to his life. He's a normal dude. He's just yeah. an insane rock and roll star. But this, to me, was more interesting with, you're like, you see all those names and you never know how they came about or right. who was involved. Right, wow factor. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, wow factor for sure. <laughs> um, okay, were you two both drunk or do you remember when I said I wanted to play name that tune? He didn't drink that day. Yeah, I had one So you remember? So I remember? Did you make a playlist? Um, okay, so I didn't make a playlist because that's... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! But when I pulled I into, outside, when okay. I pulled into Jeff's driveway, <laughs> <laughs> the way we prepare for shit, you weren't here. None yet. of this typed up shit that's over here. When I pulled in the driveway and I was early by four minutes, I <laughs> sat and opened up YouTube. I knew what I wanted to do. I just wanted to vaguely find it before I okay. came inside so that I wasn't, like, fussing with so it. So is that, like, a power hour or something? Okay, so that's what I thought I was going to do because I've seen those. But I was like, Courtney, other people have wanted to do this before you guys. That's true. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh, you're so smart. So, Why are you so smart? There's a million different guess that song okay. things on on YouTube. I'm assuming they use them, like, at trivia nights. They use right. them, like, all over So all it's time. probably just, like... 10 seconds? 20 yes. seconds? Yes. So, when Jeff gets... Or you can have the leg up. When Jeff gets back down here. Whoa. Um, so, okay. Here, I've always wanted to play Name That Tune on the show. Anytime I do a hot topic, it's like what the game I want to play. But I love Courtney, and she knows a lot of things, but music trivia is not one of them. But she'd kick my ass at a lot of trivia, so I'm not going to... Mm -hmm. 
um, ask her to those trivia, but mm-hmm. I will um, do music trivia with someone. And Jeff's probably one of the only people I've ever met that I feel like is on my level. So Saturday at the party, I was like, we need to pick a genre that we both feel equally comfortable. And so we ended up with 90s because we thought that it's both, like, nostalgic, but we, like, might know it and it'd be good, so. Okay, so just a forewarning, the 90s is a gamble because, like, there was shit music that came out in that time, too. Yeah, like some one-hit wonders that we don't even know. Yeah. So So does it say it on the screen for you? Yes. Okay. Right away. you will know. I will know what it is. Okay. Okay, okay. Let's set some ground rules. Do we need to name song, title, and artist to get the point? Okay, so do you want to, I think the best way for uh, it not to be a disaster for <laughs> people's ears okay. is that I play it and then you can say it. Like, we're not going to scream over top of the music playing. Okay, so you'll play it, it'll yeah. stop, and then yeah. we can say it? Or like, maybe we raise our hand when we know it, and then you okay. call on it, like, Perfect. if I know it beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also seems shicey because you could just raise your hand every time. It's all right. Your hand will be played because you'll either know it or you won't when your hand when you get called on. Yeah. You know. okay. I think yeah. we need to do song title and all. Okay, artist. if we're gonna do it that way, I think so. Yeah. Because we'll be able to like hear it and understand it. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm so excited right now. Oh my god! If I lose, oh, okay, it's fine. Okay. Just hold on. Hold on. Hold okay. on. Okay. Technical difficulties. That's why I wanted to get it started at the right Oh, is it like buffering? No, it's like you have to get it to the right. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know who sings it. Can we like halfway? What do you think it is? Macarena. Yes. By who? I don't know. Okay, well, well that's okay. That's okay. He knows half of it. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so we're just How reading do you not song title. I know it was. I said it. I was like, I don't know who oh, sings this it. This is immediately gonna get. This is too. I, this I is not okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Maybe you can raise your hand, and if you end up knowing more, like, so he could say Macarena, but if I raised my hand and I knew both, I would have won. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. New rules. Yeah, that's fine. But because I do think there's a lot of artists that this is gonna, I can already tell that this is going to get dicey. <laughs> All right. Point to Jeff. We should keep. Do you have a pen somewhere? Hello. All right. Just hold up a finger. Okay. Oh. Can't touch this. MC Hammer can't touch this. I, I thought we were just doing the title. No, if you know both, you get the point. <laughs> okay, one point Kelly, one point Jeff. My finger was up first. But I knew more than you. I can't. I mean, All right, this is go. why I'm only going to have one child, because already that right there is too much. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. I already did it. I win. I win. I have two points. It was a good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Kurt Cobain. We have to do him at some point. Um, Spice Girls. <laughs> she My finger listen. was up first. She doesn't listen to directions. All right, Jeff. 
Uh, Spice Girls. Oh! I want it. <laughs> Spice Girls, if you want to be my lover. I have to look at them really, but. Wannabe. Wannabe. Ooh, so we both live. Yeah. They shortened that guy up. I wouldn't have Yeah. Ooh. That feels like it was at the same time. So who are you gonna call on? Say at the same time. Wonder Wonder Wall Wall Oasis. Oasis. Uh, Jeff got it. I got it in first. first. Oh my god! Fine. Tied. What year did it come out in? 1998. No. Mm. 1995. That's what I was gonna say, so I get the point. Alright, two to two. Great song. It is. Do you know their other one hit wonder? Uh, their other song? Barbie Girl by Aqua. Yeah. Wow. wow. I, I knew that one. I knew Barbie Girl. I didn't uh, know who sang it. You didn't have their CD? No. I did not. Love Aqua. What other songs are on that CD? Not good ones. <laughs> who wants to know? I want to know. Not good. Not like just like music video. Oh, God. Undress me in. R.E.M. Losing my religion. Yes. Yep. Love me some R.E.M. Came out in 1991. Losing my religion. Like, we were one. I was not, but. (laughs) Yeah, you guys were. One year. Oh, 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 No! Zombie. Uh huh. By. There's a time limit, and I know it. There's a time limit, and I know it. I can't think of it. Zombie by the Cranberries. Um, Woo! Damn it! Kicking your ass here. Damn it! (laughs) <laughs> What's the score? Three to three two. Three to two. Okay, three to two. Two more. You're winning? Yeah, I'm winning. Wait, three to three for sure. Why? I got, I got Aqua. Oh, Ooh, okay. Three to three. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll okay. do two to three more. We'll see how many. We'll see. I want to go forever. I know you do, but <laughs> we have things we have to do after this. <laughs> we, we, can, we can convene this later privately without a microphone. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, smell. Three non blondes. What's going on? No. Damn it! What's up? Hmm. Huh. Why they did that? <laughs> that's not. That's, that's those rude. Words, those words are not. Okay, the fact that I knew three yeah, non blondes yeah. is yeah, pretty good. I knew the song immediately, but I did not know who it was. I just always remember thinking that I liked that um, I was not blonde. Oh. <laughs> so I like the name three of their band. Three blondes. Got it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So wait, what's the score? Still 33. Okay. So potentially... First to five. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. True. Okay. Until you lose, then it'll be first to seven. I'll play again. Zero play again. Play.
I don't know the name or the artist. No. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shock. By who? Vega Baby? Oh. I feel like I kind of remember that name. I don't. All right. Seems made up. Yeah. It seems like a fake meat. <laughs> Vega Baby's here. <laughs> Yeah. Lauren Hill killing me softly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom! That was super soft. Four to three. Yeah, it was. The listeners probably didn't even hear that. Wait. Because it's called Killing Me Softly, so it's Who's it by? Lauren Hill. No. Who's it by? Refuge. Was that Lauren Hill's band? Take the point away. I don't know. Did she have a band? You're asking questions to people. I don't know. Damn it. I don't know any of that. Okay, three to three. Dang. Rude. I mean, it's Lauren Hill. She must have been in a band. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. It was the 90s. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay, hold on. Because I want to see the name of it so I can tell you if it's right. My name is My name is Okay, say it. Eminem! My name is. <sighs> what year did it come out? Um, mm. 1999. Yeah. Damn, how'd you know that? Because that's when that? the real Slim Shady came out. Damn. I do, do you remember the MTV performance oh, when he did that? It was it was so scandalous. Oh, that yeah. was crazy. With all yeah. the yeah. blonde boys. Okay, so who got that? Uh, I think you both can get a point. Cool. So four now to we're four. four to four? Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay, okay. You got to finish that one first. What? I was definitely first. Do you know who sings it? Of course I do. Okay, I don't know who sings it. I gotta look. Blue parentheses Dabba D by Eiffel 65. Yeah. Wow! Oh my god. I would not have known who sang that. Okay. I love that song. All right, well, Jeff. Wait, do one more because it makes me feel good if, like, I would have won the next song. So just okay. one more. Okay. Let me win. You're like your child. Yeah. I don't know if It'll I knew say that it again. Song. I I didn't recognize it. Oh. Played at every middle school dance. I don't know the song. Who is it? Boys to Men. Oh. Oh. That didn't play. So you wouldn't have dance. known the next one. We what? Yeah. So I really won. You really, really won. <laughs> All right. I mean, I will give that to you. Yeah. That's pretty good. We broke an hour, so it's official. It's uh, official guest? Yeah. A guest, episode, a guest episode? Breaking an hour? We broke oh, an hour yeah. last week alone. I know. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, Jeff, thank for you. being on. My pleasure. It In was a lot stars. of fun. Did it live up to your, like, hype in your head? Yes. Lies. Your face was like, say yes, say yes, say yes. Now the question is, will you listen to this when it comes out tomorrow? Yeah. For sure. Alright. It doesn't weird me out either to hear us. I <laughs> listen. I've like really only listened to episodes recently when they were on, when Bailey and Taylor were on. Like I haven't listened oh. to like I I listen to make sure like it is like fine and like we sound okay, but then I like don't listen to the rest. I listen to like chunks of it, you know, like I'll go through. Well, it. I do need to try and go through and find like I listen to when we laugh and then I go back so the way I can post it on Instagram, whatever the fuck oh, we're laughing about. But oh yeah. So Leah is the only person left from that like four person tournament we did, but she needs to get her ass back here from Detroit and then she can soon. That'll be soon. Yeah, I think so too, but. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We I'm going to tag you in all our stuff. Me. Two Girls in Ohio, Instagram, and then Gmail, Two Girls in Ohio at gmail.com. Like, review, subscribe, follow, all that shit that people are supposed to do so that way this can still be a hobby, but actually funny that people like it. It is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any parting words, Jeff? Uh, make sure you write in and leave some reviews because these ladies deserve it. I left a review a long time ago. He sure did. He's sure been did. like number you one. Feel, He's, you should feel guilty if you haven't done it yet. Sure, number one fan. I mean, people who don't know us like know who Jeff is. Like that's yeah. how I talked about you. Yeah. Are. Well, sure. that's only because Taylor doxed me on her episode. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.